Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are going to be talking about the glory of God in this session. And so let's go ahead and pray and we'll get right into the Word of God. Father, we bless you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. So, Father, we thank you for this time in the Word. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed it and the anointing of the Holy Spirit be upon it. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Uh, to start off, now we're talking about the glory of God and we'll be initially we'll be in Acts chapter seven. Now, we remember uh, the story of Stephen uh, that's found in Acts chapter six and seven and how he was martyred and killed by the Jews. And in verse 55 of Acts chapter seven, it says this. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But now the Jews cried out with a loud voice, covered their ears, and they rushed upon him with one impulse. And when they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they went on stoning Stephen as he called upon the Lord and said, Lord, receive my spirit. And falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And having said this, he fell asleep. Now, we know about the glory of God and we sense his presence. And but Stephen saw something. He saw the glory of God. Amen, praise God. So what is the glory of God? Well, it is the manifestation of God's presence. And there are times when we sense the glory of God in our worship services, when we're in prayer, uh, in a time when we're, we're reading and studying the word of God. And every church that is on the way Amen. Not those that have gotten sidetracked through unbelief or through corruption, but we're talking about churches that are on the way that are worshiping the God, worshiping God in spirit and in truth will sense the presence of God during their worship services. Amen. Praise God. And that's good. And that's right. And we should. But notice that the scripture tells us that Stephen saw something. Notice again, but being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God. So what Stephen saw was not strange to the Jews. The Jews knew exactly uh, what he was saying concerning the glory of God because they saw that and they know that from the Old Testament scriptures. For instance, Acts, um, in Exodus 16 and verse 7. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord. Notice that you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your complaints against the Lord. Now, Exodus sixteen ten. Now it came to pass as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel that they looked toward the wilderness and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. Notice that the glory of God appearing in a cloud. Exodus chapter 40, verses 34 and 35. 
Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of God filled the tabernacle. Once again, the glory of God, something that could be not just sensed, but could be seen also. Uh, Leviticus chapter 9, verses 4 through 6. Also a bull and a ram as peace offerings to sacrifice before the Lord, and a grain offering mixed with oil, for today the Lord will appear to you. So they brought what Moses commanded before the tabernacle of meeting, and all the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. Then Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commanded you to do, and the glory of the, glory of the Lord will appear to you. Leviticus chapter 9, verse 23, And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting and came out and blessed the people. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all people. Notice that, something that was seen. Numbers chapter 14 and verse 10, And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. So we assume it was like a cloud that just appeared over the tabernacle, both over the tabernacle and in the tabernacle. Moses chapter 20, verse 6. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and they fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. In 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. And it came to pass, when the priests came out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Now, Second Chronicles chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. And it came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves. And the Levites who were the singers, all those of Asaph and Heman and Jeduthun, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps, and with them 120 priests sounding the trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. And then again, Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. Praise God. Now, there's a couple other passages of Scripture that I won't read, but we'll just allude to on Mount Carmel. 
when uh, Elijah was contending with the prophets of Baal. It came to Elijah's turn and he prepared the sacrifice. He uh, dug a ditch around the sacrifice. He told the servants to fill this, uh, that ditch with water, did it three times. He prayed a simple prayer and the fire of God came out of heaven, came down and consumed the sacrifice, consumed the altar and everything around it, licked up the water. And the people of God saw this. They saw the glory of God come down in a fire and they fell upon their knees and they began to cry out, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. And then again, on the day of Pentecost, they were all in one accord in one place. They were all praying, tarrying, waiting for the endowment of power from on high, just like the Lord Jesus told them to, told them to. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we see in these passages that the glory of God was something that would, when it was manifested, could be seen, seen in a cloud, seen by fire and also in a wind. Amen. Praise God. And so we know this, that every believer in Christ Jesus has the glory of God on the inside of them because they are born again. And the Jews in, in the Old Testament, they understood what uh, the glory of God was. They saw it. They, they know this from the scriptures. And it came down. The glory of God came down as a cloud, but it also came down as a fire. And in the New Testament, the glory of God was manifested as a fire, cloven tongues like as a fire. And I saw this. I saw this when I was years ago. I was at the Brownsville Revival. It was a pastor's conference, and I had the opportunity to get up real close within a couple uh, rows of the front of the church. Uh, it was uh, facing the pulpit. I was off to the left and uh, real near the choir. And as we began to worship, as we began to praise God, as we began to worship God, I lifted my eyes and opened them, and I saw the fire of God that was upon cloven tongues, like as a fire, appeared upon the choir members, and you could see it. It was just like fire. It was just like looking through a, a bonfire, looking through the heat of the fire that was going up and seeing the trees or, or something on the other side of the fire. And you could see the heat. You could see the heat going up. That's exactly like what I saw. I saw the fire of God upon uh, that choir as they were worshiping God. Amen. Hallelujah. So there is the manifestation of God's presence and of his power uh, perpetually in the glory world in heaven. That's the glory world that you and I are going to. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And see, God, he chooses at times 
to reveal the glory world that's in heaven down here on earth. And we've seen and we've read scriptures and we've alluded to scriptures that, that this has taken place and it's taking place today, not just in biblical times, but in our time. And so when the glory of the Lord does appear, not only is it a manifestation of his glory, but it is also a manifestation of the power of God. When God does that, it's for a purpose. Praise God. And so we see in the Old Testament how the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And then we see later on when Solomon built the temple. Amen. The, the, you know, the, the, they used to meet and the presence of God used to be in the tabernacle. But all of that was moved into Solomon's temple. And we see how that when Solomon dedicated the temple, the glory of the Lord came down and filled it up. Amen. But we also realize from reading Christian history how that there was a curtain that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. The holy of holies was where the Shekinah glory would appear uh, to the high priest. And that place was separated by a curtain. That curtain was 40 feet wide. It was 20 feet high and it was four inches thick. But yet when Christ died on Calvary, that tremendous curtain was torn from top to bottom and signifying it was signifying that God's presence was no longer shut up in a room. But that that presence through the death, burial and resurrection of Christ was made available to everyone who believed in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and who confessed that he is their Lord. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And so not only is the presence of God in the believer, but the presence of God is also in the church as a whole. And we know that Hebrews chapter three and verse six says, but Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are, if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm unto the end. And then verse Timothy three fifteen, but if I am delayed, I wrote so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Now, remember when Jesus during Passion Week on Monday morning, uh, he went into the temple and he drove out all of the money changers, all of the merchants. He wouldn't permit anyone that was carrying vessels into the into the temple, either to sell or to buy. He would not allow them through that because he said, my house, the Lord, the scripture says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. So that was the temple. The temple was called the house of God. Now, you and I as individual believers are called the house of God. And also the church, the corporate church, the church, the body of Christ is also called uh, the house of God. Now, listen to what Paul in writing into the Corinthians in chapter three, verses 16 and 17. We'll read this verse of scripture again later in another translation. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? So each believer is the temple of God. And that's where the presence of God dwells. It dwells in the heart of the believer. His presence is within us. 
Every believer. Amen. And that's why John said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The presence of God is in you, praise God, and is in the church. Now, here's the amplified translation of that verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. Do you not know, this is the, once again the amplified translation, do you not discern and understand that you, the whole church at Corinth, are God's temple, His sanctuary, and that God's Spirit has His permanent dwelling. Notice that, permanent dwelling in you, to be at home in you collectively as a church and also individually. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, notice what Paul writes. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage and freedom. Once again, the amplified translation. And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continued to behold in the word of God as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into his very own image and ever increasing splendor. And from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is uh, the spirit. Praise God. So believers as individuals are the temple of God. The church of God corporately is also the temple of God. Believers individually comprise the house of God. The church corporately comprises the house of God. And the scriptures declare individual believers and also the church is the household of God. And this is where the Spirit of God, the presence of God dwells permanently. Now, you may walk into the church, you may not sense the presence of God. But as soon as you walked into that building, the presence of God walked in with you. Amen. And uh, we're going to talk about in just a few moments how that we are to welcome the presence of God and how by welcoming Him and not... Uh, uh, doing despite to the Spirit of grace, not grieving the Holy Spirit, uh, that lot, often uh, the presence of God will manifest in a way that not only can be felt, but also can be seen. Amen. Now, Rome, uh, Paul said this in writing to the Romans, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. By walking in newness of life, amen, the presence of God, the power of God, the manifested presence of him in whom we have to do now resides on the inside of us. Amen. And the manifestation of the glory of God is a manifestation of the spirit of God. Paul, again, in Romans chapter eight says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us for the anxious longing of the creation 
waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. So there is a glory world that we are going to. And there is also the manifestation of that glory, glory world revealed to us now in this life. So if the spirit of God dwells in the believer, and if the spirit of God manifests the presence of God to the believer, he does so as he's doing that which pleases the Lord, worshiping him in prayer. And the spirit of God, he will manifest the glory of the Lord. When the church meets to worship God, we sense that. We know that. Hallelujah. But now he chooses to manifest himself in a tangible way, a way that not only can be felt, but in a way that can be seen. But see, we don't look, we don't seek for that. We don't seek for experiences. We seek for his presence and God manifests himself as he wills. Now, every time we pray, especially praying in the spirit, Every time we worship God in spirit and in truth, he will manifest himself because that's that's his pleasure. It's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Now, how is the glory of the Lord manifested? How is it manifested individually? And how is the glory of God manifested corporately in the church? Well, the psalmist tells us, Psalm 91, verse 1, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, what is the secret place? Well, it is a hiding place. And that hiding place, whether it be a prayer closet or whether it be a place of repose, uh, whatever the individual chooses to do in that secret place to foster a communion, a closer walk with the Lord, amen, draw himself closer in the Word of God. I'm telling you, there was times early in my Christian experience when I was at work on the job and I didn't have anything to do. I would I, what I would do is I would uh, pull my Bible out of the drawer and I'd set it on the table and I'd start reading it. And I tell you, there was times where the light of God would shine around me in that back room and I could sense his presence. <laughs> Whoo, glory to God. Hallelujah. It's as real today as it, you know, it seems like it just happened yesterday. Praise God. Just as real today as it was back then. God manifests his presence to his children as they do the things that the scripture tells us to do. You know as well as I do that it's God's will for us to pray. He didn't say if we pray. He said when we pray. It's God's will for us to fast. He didn't say if we fast. He said when we fast. And of course, you know, it's God's will for us to give alms. Well, the word alms can also be translated righteousness. He wants us to do works of righteousness. And when we do those things, God's manifest presence will uh, appear. Praise God. Amen. So that's the secret place. Whatever you do in that secret place, that is what's going to influence you, and that is what is going to govern you. Many people in the church, and some, I'm sorry to say, are born again, they do things in the secret place instead of bringing glory to God, bring shame to Him. Well, those things are what 
those things that they do, those are the things that influence that believer, that person. Those are the things that govern that person. But if he'll straighten up, if he'll fess up when he messes up and get things right and consecrate himself to God, amen, and get and, and allow the Lord to uh, to work in him and clean him out and, and uh, deal with the things that uh, are in his flesh and in his mind, and then he begins to use his secret place to glorify the Lord, amen, and to uh, work towards the presence of God doing the will of God, then God will manifest his presence to that person. Amen. So the shadow of the Almighty. Now, what is that? Well, that's the covering. We could say it this way. The shadow of the Almighty is the glory of God that's surrounding the believer, that's covering the believer. Oh, I tell you what, Satan hates the glory because there's nothing he can do about it. He's afraid. Now, if a believer's in sin, Satan's not afraid of that individual. Satan laughs at that individual. But you let that individual change his course and begin to pray, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes upon him, and instead of him being filled with the world, he gets filled with the Spirit of God. And he, oh, I tell you what, then Satan changes. His attitude towards that believer changes. He hates that individual, but he's also terrified of them. Why? Because of the shadow of the Almighty that's covering uh, that believer with his glory. Praise God. Now, the glory of the Lord abides. Notice that. He abides. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We could say it this way, abides under the glory of the Almighty, the glory of God. And often we don't realize it. But as we begin to honor the Lord, as we begin to worship, especially in a corporate church setting where everyone is united in the worship of God and they're ministering to the Lord and they're praying and fasting, the glory of God will manifest himself in a tangible way. And for instance, let me give you a man's testimony. Notice this. It says here, uh, he says, when I was a Baptist boy, I didn't have the baptism in the Holy Spirit. One Sunday night, I was preaching in a little country church, and my text was from James. For what is your life? It is even as a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. So this is a Baptist boy preacher now. I had been preaching about 15 minutes, minding my own business, and suddenly from the back of that little church, I saw this cloud come rolling in. Although it was a cloud, it looked like waves of the ocean about three or four feet high. But it was a cloud. Amen. And when the cloud came into the church, it covered up the people. I couldn't see them. It came as far as it came as far as the little altar bench and covered it, too. And it kept coming. So I looked at my watch and noted the time. The cloud came onto the platform and covered it, and then I couldn't see anything. But I kept preaching. I could hear the sound of my voice, but I couldn't distinguish a word I said. To this day, I don't know a single word I said. That cloud filled the whole church. 
And then finally it began to lift. It lifted from around the pulpit and the platform first. Then I could see the altar, the front pew, and then the other pews. I was preaching all the time. I could hear the sound of my voice, but I wasn't aware of what I was saying until the cloud left the building. When it lifted, I looked at my watch and the cloud had filled that building for 17 minutes. Praise God. That's an eyewitness to a man's own testimony of the glory, the manifestation, the something that could be seen, the manifestation of the glory of God coming in and filling uh, that uh, house during worship. And I've seen the glory of God. I've seen the glory of God come in in church services. I've seen it in prayer meetings. There was times where we were in the church worshiping God. The presence of God would come in and it would hover over the choir loft and it would move like a cloud over the congregation. There were times in prayer meetings when there was a light mist in the sanctuary as the saints of God were praying. And most of the manifestations of the glory of God were in these prayer meetings. Why don't we have prayer meetings anymore in the church? Why aren't we seeing the manifestation of the glory of God? That's why. And so the Lord wants to manifest his presence in the church today. And he will manifest himself in spectacular ways. But see, we've got to do what the psalmist said do. We've got to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. We've got to dwell in that hiding place. And when we do that, God will manifest himself. We'll feel it for sure, and we may see it also. So, Heavenly Father, we bless you. We thank you for this time in the Word. Bless it, Father, according uh, to your will. And in your name we pray. Amen. Do you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.